0: Let's open our Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. We are going to read all the way from um, verse 13, and then we'll stop in verse 20. Is that okay? All right. If you are there, say amen. 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 Now read it like you want to drive out demons from Nigeria, amen, by declaring the glory of God. 1-2, let's go. For he, For he rescued has rescued us from the domain of darkness, darkness and, and transferred us to the kingdom, the kingdom of his beloved son, son in, in whom we, we have redemption. redemption. The forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, What are things on earth or things in heaven? Quickly, Revelation chapter 1. Please quickly go there. Now we are going to read from the second part of verse 4. And we're going to read all the way to the end of verse 6. No, to the end of verse 7. Is that all right? What we are doing is that we're declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe he's glorious, give me an amen. amen. I said if you believe he's glorious, give me an amen. amen. And if you believe that we should declare his glory for the whole world to hear, give me an amen. amen. So we're going to read from verse um, 4, the second part. You read all the way to the end of verse 7. Are you ready? Now we are declaring the glory of Jesus Christ. Want to? Let's go. Grace to you and peace from Him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To Him who loves us and redeemed us from our sins by His blood, and He has made us to be a kingdom, priests to His God and Father. To Him with the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. 7. Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him, so it will be. Amen. Read verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. I said amen. amen. I'm going to pass a comment in a moment, but let's just say this Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's the king, he is the king of Kings. He's the King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the ruler over this nation. He's the ruler over this nation. He's the ruler over the nations of this world. He's the ruler of the of the world. Say, the of Jesus is the, king of, Jesus is the king, king of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's the soon coming king. And we live for him, and we live for, him for eternity. Amen. Amen. Let's get a declaration of understanding, and then we'll take our seats. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, again, I turn my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Great things are happening for you again today. Amen. In Jesus' name. Alexica says the Lord is good. Now, this is a comment I said I wanted to pass. All right? Because I want us to do these things that we do here every time. Let's do them individually in our homes. It's a blessed thing to read aloud the scriptures. It's it's a blessed thing. Many of us read our Bibles, and it is good. You should read your Bible. You should learn the scriptures. You should learn the Word of God. But there's a part of it in which you are required to read aloud. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, you are required to read these things aloud. It's very, very important. Christians often neglect to do it. You must read it aloud, even if you leave it alone. I don't mean you have to shout, get a megaphone, no. But your voice must come out of your throat, and it must be projected a bit. You must set, you know, just stand. Like we do here, we stand every time when you want to read these things. In my home, that's what we do all, uh, also. Sometimes maybe I sleep very, very late, and the children come in the morning, and they knock on the door. Once I hear the knock, I know it's time for prayer, because they have to go to school, so they can't, they don't have that luxury of sleeping till. It's good to be the daddy, you know. <laughs> they don't have that luxury. So they have to get up. It's time for school. So when I hear their knock, I know they are ready for, to pray in the morning. So sometimes I'm so groggy. But you know what? I have never failed to stand for this. I can collapse after that. There are times I'm teaching the scripture in the morning. I'm half asleep. It's my spirit that's teaching. This guy... <laughs> You see me struggle. It doesn't happen often because I do sleep well. Thank God for that. But occasionally you rise up during the night to work, to do stuff, all right? And then you're just, you just trying to get this, to sleep again when they show up, and it's time to pray. But one thing is that I make it a rule. Nobody lies down. Nobody sits down. We all rise up to declare this loudly. It's a habit I learned from Scripture, and I believe we, all of us must do it. So I'm recommending for everybody, please, learn it. Do it. Take scriptures, especially the ones that declare the glory of God. Especially those prophetic verses about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why I see some of my favorite as Psalm two and Jeremiah chapter ten. Then I added this one, this Colossians chapter one, and then we're going again further into the revelation. Anyone that describes the Lordship of Jesus Christ, read it out loud. Let the spirit hear it. Let your spirit, your own spirit, be overwhelmed by the voice not of the word of God that's coming from your mouth. It's important. Let's do that regularly. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. Okay, now let's get into this teaching. The Lord is good, though. Don't sound convinced. The Lord is good, though. All, the time. Uh-huh. all right. Let's get into today's teaching. It's important. We are dethroning mammon. Amen. We are removing all other gods. It's so important, to. It is so crucial. We have been prophesying from Jeremiah chapter 10 that in the time of their punishment, they will do what? They will perish. Every God that did not make the heavens and the earth, in the time of their judgment, they will perish. And we said, anyone who's attached to them, if they are in your pocket, your pocket perishes with them. If they are in your life, you go with them. It's so important you remove other gods. They can't bless you. God keeps shouting, I am God and there is none else. There is a reason for it. He continues to shout, I am God and there is none else. It is not because he wants to be the only one and he wants to feel very important with himself. It is simply because he's God and there is none else. It's simply because he's the only one that can bless you. No one else He's the one that can heal. No one else. Sometimes, you no, know, we talked about that earlier. I see people put their faith, their hope, in the medical, in medical science. As a woman, the other day was so vociferous about it. He was shouting because two pastors died in a city and they died suddenly. And he was trying to explain. They could have gone for tests and all of that. I said, this man, what is wrong with you? Don't you know spiritual things? Lack of tests don't kill men of God. Now, any Christian, lack of tests is not what will kill you. It's when you disobey God. Death is a spirit. You cannot cast it out in a clinic. Just for you, because you go for regular checkups, ups in, in no way does that guarantee that you will live one hour longer than you're supposed to live. There are so many things that can kill somebody. What well, was I discussing with last time? He said, well, I think it was my wife. He said, too many things available in the environment to kill. Too many things. All over the environment. There are so many things that can kill. Many of them you can't do anything about. It's a story I tell once in a while. I've mentioned it many times. A young boy was sleeping alone in his bedroom, in his father's house. Yet a bullet fell through the roof and killed him. It was not aimed at him by anybody. Once I, once I heard the story, I said, no, that's a bullet. They went, they saw the hole in the roof. How do you prevent against that? Say, from now on, everybody live downstairs. <laughs> they now find things that kill people only downstairs. People have just gone out to the farm to go and get something. Snake bites them and they die. How do you exercise against snake bites? I hope you're getting my point. People have tried to cross the road and then a drunken driver takes them off throws them into the air one of our sisters this was a number of years ago in Enugu here she took a bike you know okada I was going somewhere she came down from the bike a truck that just finished delivering cement they didn't touch the bike was just riding past there she was you know useless coincidence speaking, as she was stepping down from the bike, she had a handbag. So the handbag, the ha- the what do you call that? The rope, the strap, that long thing that you hang on your shoulder, just kind of you know went off a bit, no, just a little bit into the road. And at that moment, these things, these bars at the back that carry the red lights of the trucks hooks the bag pulled her off the bike, hit her head on the road, and she died. He didn't survive. I was called in a number of things. So I went to the police station. The driver was in the cell. So I said, what happened? He said, he doesn't know. He said, he was going on his own. They stopped him and they killed somebody. He said, okay, I don't know. But he was just going. He was just waving, waving. The car blocked him. Stop, stop, stop. He stopped. What happened? Next thing, the police arrested him, put him in the cell. That's, he doesn't know what happened. How do you prevent such deaths? People will tell you all kinds of stories amazes me sometimes when I see mommy want to make their life as if once I have a good doctor, I'll live long. Doctors sometimes are the reason people die. That's not an indictment on the professional, it's just the fact. Michael Jackson died, they put his doctor in prison. You know, and Michael Jackson died just down the road, not going know here. You remember that time? Eh? <laughs> Was not down the day he died? I mean, you know that first junction. Michael Jackson died in America. Those of you think who don't die in America. <laughs> and they put his doctor in prison for being responsible indirectly for his death. So don't think any human being can keep you alive. That's what I'm making. If I keep on saying this, before you go to hospital, pray. Don't pray only when the doctor says something, before you even go. Pray. In fact, let me say it this way. Pray until your spirit says, go and see the doctor so that you know it's God that's leading you there. Does God lead people to doctors? Of course he does. Sometimes that's the way he wants to for many reasons. Because he has to work with your faith. Sometimes he even needs the doctor to collect your money. Now what am I trying to say? Put your faith in him entirely. You cannot put your faith in any human system. You can't. You can't. You most certainly cannot put your faith in the financial system of this world. It doesn't work. Bear this in mind. When God says, I am God, there is none else. There's a reason why he keeps on saying it. Because many things we, we pretend to be God. Insurance will pretend to be God. Life insurance policies will pretend to be God. Pension plans will pretend to be God. Real estate is one of the biggest um, images that's been built by modern day. Put your money in real estate. It can never damage. Is that what they say? It will always appreciate in value. You get passive income. Multiple streams. Have you heard that one before? Multiple streams of income, which I keep on telling people. Everything has two sides. Multiple streams of income is also multiple streams of worry. Multiple situations of worry, of trouble. Multiple streams of I can't sleep properly. If you think it it's only income it brings to you, is a lie. Listen, there is nothing else that can keep you. There is no God that can safeguard your financial destiny. Certificates can't. You can gather all the degrees. They won't, look. We have seen it many times before. People say, they go get a better degree, go abroad, come back, and nobody agrees to employ them. Unfortunately, getting the degree abroad does not guarantee you can run a business. Many years ago, I learned, reading books, that the figures from the number one economy in the world, United States of America, is that nine businesses out of ten collapse within five years. Of every ten businesses started, nine of them will be dead in five years. Only one will survive beyond five years. Of the surviving ones, if you gather ten together, another nine will die in the next five years. Making a total of what? One surviving business out of 100, after 10 years. Did you hear what I said? Only one business survives beyond 10 years out of 100 in Nigeria. Was that what I said? America. Where? United States. In the United States of America. You think they are all stupid? No, you are not stupid. Time and chance happens to everybody. Time and chance happens to them all. There is no, listen, like I said the other time to us here, the people they study in business schools did not go to business schools. Yet people studied them. You go to a business school to go and study people that did not go to a business school. Let me say this to us again because sometimes people think that you are telling people don't do some of this, don't learn anything. I didn't say that. Just know, for example, when I speak English. Am I not communicating with you in English? I speak three languages very fluently. I've not said anything you are laughing. I speak English very fluently. I speak Pidgin English very fluently. That's a second language. You don't know it's a language? English. It's a language. And I speak Yoruba. Well, I used to be very fluent in it, but um, I haven't lived in Enugu for so long. I think I've, uh, I can say converse, but I can't preach in it. I can't pray in it. If I'm talking in Yoruba, Cause What did you say? <laughs> I know. So, now, I'm going to say something here. I learned to speak English. Is this is so what I can make money. No, it's a simple question. Is that why? No, no, just I can communicate with people. Doesn't guarantee anything. Most people that speak English in this world, they are poor. you be aware of that. Yes. yes. If a woman man said, <laughs> "This guy's a very funny person. Supposed to be a doctor, but it's a joke." The guy said, "Listen." They said, don't drink beer. He said, "But Germans drink more beer than Americans." That's the way he said it. He said, "But." that they, they, they live longer than Americans. They said that don't... Um, there's another thing he said. Uh, they said, okay, exercise. He said, hey, why are you exercising? Now, this is a joke. Don't take this away, all right? So why are you exercising? He said, your heart has a certain number of beats for a lifetime. He said, the quicker you use it up, <laughs> the faster it stops. After that, you don't have heart beats remaining. Then he said, eat vegetables. He said, why should you eat vegetables? That you have to concentrate your vegetables. You package it to eat it concentrated. How do you do that? He said, Oh, cows, what do they eat? Grass. Grass. He said, So when you eat the cow, you are eating concentrated Grass. vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> he kept on talking. I have have this somewhere. You will laugh. Now, where I'm going is this. He said, Look, um that he said, don't drink beer. He said, Germans drink beer. They live longer than Americans. Is said something that Japanese people do, that they live longer than Americans. So at the end of the day, they say, hey, what, do you know what's going on? They say, well, I said, speaking English is killing you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, the problem is we are speaking English. It's supposed to be a joke. If you read the whole thing, you will laugh very, very well. But the point of making is that I learned to speak English. Bear this in mind. It's not so I can succeed in life. It's just so I can communicate. It's the way we communicate. In the same manner you go to school, you learn things because you must have knowledge. You can't go around this world being ignorant. I hope you're getting my point. If you're going to do business, you should know bookkeeping. Whatever business you want to do, you should know it. None, none of these things guarantee success. We learn them because we must know. We can't just go around and be working foolishly. The things that many people don't know, that are killing their businesses or killing their lives. They're they are enormous. If I remember, I used to have very serious back pain as a young boy. Young boy. Teenager. The back pain was serious, severe. You yeah, had when I wake up in the morning. I wake up during the night with severe back pain. Then one, of course, along the line, I got into school. I got to my fourth year or fifth year. One day when in the orthopedic clinic. And I remember the name of the lecturer. And he was teaching in the clinic and he was explaining some things. And he showed us how, how you handle back issues then it dawned on me that I didn't have any back problem maybe one day I just slept wrongly and my back ached and the solution I gave to that was the beginning of my problems did man just explain how the back is supposed to be how beds are designed how you arch your back to remove stress I found out that for years I've been doing the exact opposite trying to remove stress I don't know whether you're getting my point but it don't know me that I've been hurting myself daily, trying to remove pain in my back. I used to do funny things like, if my back is aching, I put a pillow there and lie on the pillow, arching my back slightly inwards. Horrible idea. That was guaranteed to cause back pain. But I didn't know. So sometimes, we are doing things in life that hurt us. It's the reason why God expects us to go and get knowledge. It's the reason why we go to school. You must know how this life works. They people this think that government should print money. if Government is broke. They don't understand that money is not paper; it's not digits in the computer in the bank's computer. Money is just a representation of the total amount of productivity in the environment, in the system. So that if you don't increase the productive output, but you increase the amount of cash, you cause inflation automatically. A lot of people don't understand this basic thing I just explained. So, when they say there's no money, they say, ah, I'm not the one printing it. <laughs> they, see just, they don't understand. And God wants you to understand. He created man so he can have conversations with him. God does not like people who don't have sense. Of, he doesn't like them. Let me be honest with you now. If you think that I, mean, I, I don't know anything, God still loves me. He loves you, doesn't like you. Loving you and liking you are two different things. We are looking at me, what is the difference? Liking is people you like to visit, sit with them and gist. Loving are people that you supply their needs. Yes. Anytime you are sick, he will heal you. You are broke, you'll give him money. But if he's passing by, say, How's my son? It's fine. God will stop by and say, God bless you. They will go to the next person's house and sit there and say, Oh boy, have you seen what is happening in Ukraine? Then say, Lord, I wanted to come and see you about it. What is going on? And the Lord will tell him the issue. Why he released that kind of spirit over the place. And the guy will intercede and say, Lord, but have mercy. And Lord, the Lord will say, Why should I have mercy? He say because Because they're there listening to somebody that the just say this, and I heard the lenses say this. And I think that if you will just allow these two things to happen, for adventure, by next year, revival will break out. The Lord will say, Mm hmm. Say, Yes, sir. Is that what they're asking for? Say, Yes, Lord. Say, Good. He does like this, and then was sees? He came to your house to talk. God does not like ignorant people. If you're always watching so opera, God doesn't like you. <laughs> I hope what I'm saying is clear to you. If you don't know any science, the Lord is not happy with you. Some people say, ah, yes. You don't know the number of uh, uh, stars in our solar system. Some people say, how many? You see, the Lord is low. What's wrong with you. You don't even know. There's only one. And it's called what? The sun. Some people don't know. Say, eh, okay, 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 okay. You see what I'm saying? The Lord said, "Please go and get some knowledge. Come on, can't call yourself a child of mine. I can't even discuss basic arrangement of the solar system with you. It may sound like a joke. I'm not joking at all about it. you think God went with? uh, 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 He was walking around with uh, what's the name of our guy? Enoch. And say, Enoch, thou shall not steal. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not commit adultery. Thou shall not commit adultery. You think that's what they were doing? not what we got to be discussing. Who is steal? who was there to steal what from? That's not the way we're discussing. Some of people, some of think that all God knows is moral codes. No. God wants to teach you how plastics are designed. You think he doesn't like to flex? He, he does. He said, you're an architect. Let me show you the kind of building the world has never seen before. Build one. Everybody will come and look at it. When you first design, they will say it's not building, but there's another guy like you have taught. He's he's a structural um, engineer. You'll see him next week. You look, eh, he said, look, if I give you this, you can cut construction costs by one third. And you expand the number of rooms, you, and he'll be discussing with you. And you'll you'll say, "Uh eh, you know, Jesus is a very good architect. He likes to flex. Just come and sit down and say, come, let's discuss architecture. When it's done, he sits down and say, do you know biology? He said, Yes, sir. Tell me about the nucleus. You see a few things, say, this is what they didn't get right in the DNA. Now, this is how DNA actually starts, starts replication. There are certain molecules here. Say, tell me about it. Say, no, I will tell you. But you take four years, go to the lab and start working. Just for the fun of it. At the end of four years, you develop one new, you know, you discover one new protein that actually controls the movement of chromosomes in the nucleus. And Jesus enjoys those discussions. He does. He doesn't have this discussion with everybody. He gives, he takes an area and discusses it with you. How do I know all of these things? Go and read the, the story of Solomon. You, you think Solomon was suffering the case of who killed whose child every time? They are looking for all the harlots in the, in the village to come and bring to Solomon. This one took this person's husband. What do we do? No. Solomon was describing the veins in dicotili, which The leaves of dichotillus. <laughs> no, there's a glitch I want to speak. Di, di, I don't die cotyledon. I want to say die plants. That's what I wanted to say. He was describing it. He, co- he could observe the difference. Some of these biologists think you are talking about now. So no one knew them then. You think uh, Gregor Mendel just thought of those things for nothing? Out of nothing? The Lord would just say, Greg, come, sit down. Look at that flower you notice the way the petals are shaped? Look at this one. Why are they different? And Greg says, why are they different? Check the first generation after them. And God likes this question. Please, let me just tell you. Let me not sit on it. God doesn't like who who are just going around ignorantly. Just going around. They don't know anything at all. The only thing they know is football. Football is good. I'm not saying it's bad, though. But it can not be the only thing you know. The Lord will be looking at you funny. Like you're not serious. There are some people who the don't they watch Monday afternoon and night is comedy. The Lord can't have intelligent conversations with them. He cannot reveal anything. This time, like make sure you know something. I hope you're getting my point. You must know A lot is good. Now, so, now, I'm just going to explain something to you. So, please, make, make yourself... Intelligent with the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. Grow, grow. Eh? I wish we all understand that God actually appreciates those things. If it's clothes you are making, make them wear. You No, know, think. Think. Know the details about the fabric. Read books on how they are woven. The difference between silk and rayon. Wool and cotton. How you can mix them, how you can't mix them. How they react in water. You finish making clothes for somebody. He says, can I wash it? And you're wondering, why won't you wash it? And the guy says, is it dry clean only or I can put it in water? You should know. You should be able to explain to him the details of the fabric. After a while, you should touch fabric and speak English. Are you getting my point? Just touch the fabric. Say, I think this probably has about between 10 and 20% wool. I think they put a lot of And you're just touching it. It. And, you know, he gives people wisdom like that. You just look at clothes. Say, that color will run. How do you know? Nobody knows that's how you know. But you just know. You're not guessing no. Anytime you see it, the color will run. In fact, one of my colleagues, he said that the, there was one woman, a white woman, a doctor, a nurse, I can't remember now, a, I think an obstetrician, said that she used to determine, listen to what I want to say carefully, she used to determine the sex of a baby by listening to the, to the heartbeat and that she never missed it. This guy I'm talking to is my classmate. Wait, classmates in university. Okay? He said he's when he was working somewhere, one particular hospital in Delta State, the obstetrician, the, yes, an obstetrician, that she didn't need ultrasound. She put the phytoscope, we call it, to the, the tummy of the woman, this is for a while, and tells the boy. And you write it down. She never used, she never, he said she never missed. She will put, you know, how many of you have been to. Some of you I said what's a phytoscope? <laughs> There's this thing that it be like for fun of fun. You know what they call for front of It it'd be like a trumpet. <laughs> when a woman is pregnant, before the days of ultrasound, ultrasound has spot everything now. Before everything, we had to check with no skill, so that when you put it, you know how to balance it, hold the babies. You actually you put it on the baby's back. You understand? You try to get the baby's shoulder, and press it. You feel the heart. You can hear the heart beating. Tum, 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 tum. So the woman will listen and tell you this is a boy. They didn't have ultrasound where she was. The guys that worked with her for years, she did not miss it one time. And she wasn't praying As no. I begin to listen. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Some of this spirituality is ignorance. God has not educated you enough. Are you getting my point? You don't want to blame him for everything. So when he misses, he says, "Holy Spirit has said so." They would have finished having the baby. So Holy Spirit said he's a boy. Say, this one again. Now. Say, Holy Spirit says he's a boy. Don't be silly. There, there are all kinds of wisdom that he wants to give. All kinds. All kinds. You're, you're a mechanic, you're looking at, at, at an engine. He will tell you what is wrong. After, after a while, your ears will be more accurate than the computer diagnosis systems that they, they are giving you. Just start the engine. The engine goes, mm-hmm. Say, so wait, stop. Bring out your tools. Won't you check? Said there's no need. This sound is only heard when the third cylinder out of six in a, a block of engine is not firing well. You said thought is number three. Open number three for me. They'll bring it down. You see the, the tip is black. Said I told you, give me a new one. Zoom. The engine is moving smoothly. How did you know? And you will know 10,000 times though. Each time you are not guessing. Each time you are not guessing. There's a way spiritual. When God imparts spiritual knowledge to the thing you are doing, when the Lord imparts knowledge to that thing you are doing. Now, you won't know in every way. I mean, like, for example, if you know the close one, you probably would not know the engine one. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you are getting my point. Yeah. But at least the one that you know, I beg, know I'm now. Know that one. You know, something funny happened just now. We traveled. We're coming back. So I told my wife, I'm writing a sermon. One of my big old guys just sent me a message. Say, said, hey, Banky, I'm supposed to teach a Bible class for 10 minutes on this topic. Any help?" I said, when? I said, it's in a few hours' time. Ah, I said, Mandira, I said, okay, I'm coming. I quickly scribbled some things down in about 15 minutes and forwarded. it. What's up? And she replied, I said, thank you very much. You have done everything. that is. I said, this is everything. And <laughs> I told my wife, I am laughing." Just give me Bible to her. I said, I'm coming. Just quickly wrote a sermon in 15 minutes. And forwarded. I said, study this one. Place them with it in 15 minutes. I quickly put all that into it. Sharp, 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 sharp. This is my own work. Okay, now? Yes. If I touch cloth, I don't know whether it's iron or acrylic. I don't know. As long as it looks good on me. I don't care. If you tell me this one is made of nylon, it doesn't matter. I feel good inside it. And I wear it. I'm not sweating. I'm okay. If you tell me, say, Pastor, this color does it. Mm, I don't know. Mix it and bring it. I will wear it. I have one gift of God to wear it. Please, I'm just saying something to us here. You should understand the character of God. So, when we go to school, I know where i went going to do that from, all right? It's not because I want to go and get rich. It's because we have to be able to talk intelligently with the Lord and with people. You know, some people don't know, they can't pray. You know, let me just say something about prayer. Eh? Be careful. Don't pray too much beyond what you know. Just stick with the word of God. Do you hear what I say? You don't get it. Like now, what's going on in Nigeria? Don't say things like God. You will approach this person and put <laughs> leave that one. Just open your Bible. God, that is saw the one that I, Almighty One, write down prosperously and in Majesty because of truth, and let your right hand do awesome things in Jesus' name. Amen. And that day we're praying. I have a convention coming up shortly, so let's pray over finances. You don't need to pray, Father in Jesus' name. This person to give this money. I said no. Bring Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. As I said, read it over the convention. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we leave these words over this particular convention. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. You know, we read the whole psalm, declared it over it. Leave prayer like that too. You know what I'm saying, so? Many people go beyond that. They mess up prayer. They just destroy prayer entirely. Because if I answer you, everything will spoil. The very things you want to be done, the opposite is what you have prayed about. A very good example some time ago. I many people remember the petri- petroleum industry? It's not it's not Petroleum Industry Act. Yeah, there was PIB. The bill was the National Assembly. Do you know Christians generated prayer points all over the country? Did they fold it to you? You didn't get anyone? Or now the bill must not stand? Yes. Ah uh, how there's something inside it about um, is it frontier they call it? Frontier, frontier Business how they will explore new areas and all of that, the proportion of money that will go into it and all of that. And people say it is Islamization, that they want to use money from Naya Delta to prospect for oil in Chad Chad Basin. And it will not stand. We should pray and counsel and collect and dissect and somersault and scatter it in Dan. When I got it, I replied to the group I was in, Christians. I said, brethren, listen to this. And please, listen, you have to learn that. I said, I do not know enough about the petroleum industry to be able to tell God what we stand and what we not stand. I said, please, brethren, let's limit our prayers to let righteousness prevail. Let your will be done. Let justice prevail. Have mercy upon our land. Bring prosperity. Let this bill be confirmed as a means of bringing these things into the land. In Jesus, I said, leave it there. Then one day I went to Abuja, my wife and I. Stayed in the house of one of our brothers who is a petroleum industry person. I just said, ah, bro, please let me ask you this question. This PIB that time, I said, we have been told to pray against it. Please, can you explain what is going on inside there? You know what he said? Are those people Nigerians? Do they love this country? Pray against what? Now he's a Christian, committed believer. They are believers in the family, but it's in the petroleum industry. And he explained, by the time he finished breaking it down, he said, This is the best thing that has happened to the Nigerian petroleum industry in many decades. That the ones we're using before, they were the, the laws we're using before, they were crafted to benefit the foreign um companies. So this is the one that's crafted to benefit Nigeria and Nigerians. Say, so why will anybody pray against it? My answer in my head is ignorance. They love the country as much as you do, but they don't know anything. So that day I told my wife, I said, see why it's good to be careful. Now, I'm just going to explain something. Now, Two things I've said there. Number one, please don't be praying things you don't understand. Pray the word of God and leave it there. Then the second thing I want to bring out is that please, eh, have knowledge. If you're in that industry, have understand it. God doesn't expect me to give him details. But if you were in the industry, you would be able to have conversations with him and say to him, Lord, I think this 3% is too much. And these are my reasons. Why can't we drop it to 1.5? Or it should actually be something at 5% or above. I hope you're getting my point. Now, it's very important to understand that's what it does for you. Understand that's what it does for you. Now, let me get back to where I digress to that from. All right? So, Christians cannot walk around ignorantly. You can't, you can't. So, back to where where I began from. So, that's why we go to school. Not because we want to be rich, but because we want to be intelligent. Americans made education compulsory. Do you know their reason? They said people who are not enlightened cannot be governed. They said illiterates cannot be governed. So, they said everybody must go to school to preserve democracy. Did you get that? So, that when they campaign, you'll be able to read the manifesto and know whether it makes sense or it doesn't make sense. If they say we are going to we are going to build a bridge across um, the um, across the Atlantic, so that any time we'll have to go to America from Africa, we, we don't have to damage your zone layer with flying, because you know we say all that kind of thing. So so any time you want to travel, you just drive across. So we say yes, I love, I love this is the change we need. I love this government. So when anyway, you tell them that, it's the very reason they will never vote for your your grandchildren will not win election again in that country. Say this guy, his grandfather is a criminal. <laughs> that is, he tries to he tries to deceive us. Why? They know. They know that all the steel you have in your country cannot even get the bridge one third of the way across. <laughs> they, they they just have simple information. Now what I'm, what I'm saying is that so they understand the importance of people being educated, and I'm saying spiritually we must all be educated. That's what I'm saying. So, in physical things, we must also be educated. So, bear it in mind. Anybody tell you young people, school has come? Tell and say, it not get sense. Have you heard that before? Young people tell them, say what? School, has come. Anyway, when ever been say school has come? Ask him to draw the intestines of a of a ruminant. He can't. He says school has come. To him, the only thing he knows about cow is how to eat. You know. Tozo, uh-huh. thank you. That's the only thing he knows. He tell you school not scam. You don't know the intestine of ruminants. He say what's ruminant? What are they? What are you thinking about? <laughs> he thinks a ruminant is a human being that thinks, that ruminates. <laughs> <laughs> school is not scam. School is the way we, we learn. I hope you're getting my point. Next time they tell you there's atomic bomb, you should know why there is. If you didn't study physics or chemistry, how will you know? Young people listen. School is not scam. School is the way by which you become a human being. When I say human being, that way we can relate with you. Have you ever talked to people that don't know anything? They are difficult to relate with. When you say Russia invaded Ukraine, say Ukraine is this the same country as UK. Because I'm just thinking, you're looking at the person. What did you say? He said sorry. Now i was just wondering why did you, okay 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 what did they do? One month after invasion, you're still asking me, what did they do? Do you get that feeling? So that you just, you just change the subject. You say, okay, well, so uh, what happened? Um, Big Brother Africa. So what now? <laughs> you know, you just change the subject. I know, yeah. If you are watching Big Brother anything, your head is not working though. Yeah, I can think you have a spiritual problem. You invest quality time in becoming stupid. Does it make sense? So what do I do today to, to my brain? Say, let's fry it some more. Sit down in front of the television and watch nobody do nothing. A newspaper now report to you that... Uh, I see the headlines. I never read them. God forbid. They will not tell you that uh, somebody, Ice Coco, Ice Coco is marrying Mary Jane. So what's my problem? <laughs> Do you know how many weddings we conduct in Enugu every day? <laughs> if I see funny headlines... Just, there are newspapers I don't like to read because they are always putting those things as headlines. Say, why well, I divorced my fair wife by Ice Coco. And that's national News. Please, brethren, let's not contribute to stupidity, please. They are trying to make us stupid. Let's not contribute. Do not ever have a discussion? I say, eh, eh, So Kim Kardashian has now left Kanye uh, West. So who is she going to marry next? If you have that discussion, you will fail. <laughs> no sense. Discuss serious things, for goodness sake. How's the gospel going to move in Ukraine and Russia after now? Who's going to rebuild Mariupol? Discuss serious you should say, Pastor these this is immense discussion. No! They are There's war going on. You should know about it. <laughs> Some people don't even have any news apps on their phone. What they have is betting app. A phone will die in Jesus' name. Amen. Every time you bet, you will lose money. Amen. I pray for you as a Christian. Every time you bet, you will lose money. Amen. Every time you bet, you will lose money. Amen. You will never win money betting. Even if J.J. Kucha comes to your house, you still will not win. Listen, we are going to develop an intelligent crop of Christians. Do you get my point? How am I sitting on that? Let's get back. This is why we learn. We're not because we don't want to be rich. Let's get back to it. Nothing. Now I'm back to my message now. All of this is a side trip. Nothing can guarantee you success in life. Getting a PhD from Harvard says nothing. I hope you're getting my point. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't. Now, this message I want to preach today to continue from where we stopped last time. We want to enthrone God. Remember, that's what I was saying. We are dethroning mammon. That one, this is the third time, the third uh, session on that. And it's because it's very important. Mammon must die. Yes, out of our lives. Mammon is the biggest God that the world builds, puts in our faces. They tell us how to, take care, how, how to become rich. Sorry. <laughs> so if you start saving from when you are young, by the time you are 50, you will have a million dollars, or a million Naira, or 10 million Naira. I hope you don't believe that nonsense. All the people that saved in Ukraine right now, I wonder how much they have right now. Even those who saved in Russia, I wonder how much they have. Those who saved in Naira, what do they have? Those who saved in dollars, the dollar is worth half of what it was worth when they started saving. What's all of this nonsense? It's a fast man, what's wrong with it? Jesus said, don't lay up treasure on the earth. Nobody should lie to you. The world keeps on building mammon. We must not worship mammon. We must not bow to his God, to that God called mammon. That's what I'm trying to explain. We must allow, like, listen to this, we must allow God do his work in our lives. You must allow God do his work in the life of your children. It is mammon to think that it's what you are laying up now that will take care of that children when they are old. It is better you leave a hand on the head of your son than leave him a million dollars in the bank. You know what I say? That is it's better that you put hands on your children and say, come. In my house, I told you, you know, I'm always, my life is part of my message, so you know most of my secrets. Not all, though, there are some I don't tell you. I think, think everything I tell you. Uh, I get sense now. <laughs> but all the ones I tell you, they are true. I never tell you anything that's not true. But it's not everything I tell you. Do you get my point? One of the ones I tell recently, I told my children, I said, you are big enough now that I don't expect to be begging you to come and collect blessing. So you pursue me now to look for your blessing. And they've all learned it. And you come with ah, me? I told you I'm Igba Kijusha in the household. You know what that means? Second in command to God. I represent God in the house. I'm the priest. I'm the prophet. I'm the pastor also. And I don't mean pastor bank, I mean pastor husband, pastor daddy. That's what I am. I'm the priest in the house, the main priest. Uh, there's deputy priest, wife, that, uh, apprentice priest, children. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm the prophet. I prophesy, I give the word of God. I offer sacrifices to God on behalf of the family. I'm the priest. So I don't joke with it. So My children, they come the morning. If they get in before prayer, supposed to start. They have a few minutes. One by one, they come. Most of the time, I'm sitting at the foot of the bed. I'm sitting up, even if I'm still lying down. You prostrate. That is good money. And they will stay there until I put a hand on you and bless you for the day. Uh, my daughter does it very well. I can be walking on the car in the morning. Just see me for the first time in the morning. That is good money. Just fall on both knees and kind of lean, lean her head towards you. Then I grab it. And the next one minute, I'm giving you the word from heaven. I told them, look, I'm not going to chase you around with it. You are big enough to know the value. So sometimes some of them will just come. Maybe they're sleeping. That is good money. I'll say, good money. Then they'll get a point. Then they'll drop the knee and put the hand down. I said, Good, you humble yourself. And I put the hand on it. The Lord will increase you. The Lord will protect you. He will guide you. He will make you great. You will be a blessing to your generation. You get that as often as you do your portion. If you consider the high, I say Bobo, (laughs) high. My wife knows when she wants if if it's the I need some blessing mood as I'm. That this, ah, my husband, good money should drop on both knees. I get the point. And I grab your head, put it on my thumb like this, and hold it there. And you can go. <laughs> I'm a man of God in my house. If I should start collecting offerings from them, <laughs> no, you may be laughing, but my some of my children have learned it. The oldest one has learned it. Last time we finished the Bible study, hey, he went down and said, bought bread, two loaves, said, Daddy, one for you, one for mommy. Mm. Ah. Look, let's, this is how Abba will work, we must do our more. Amen. Listen, people did it, they chop sacrifice at 12 midnight. They may well get, I hope you do communion in the house. You will explain it to them, you explain it to everybody, eat. Eat. I've told you, if you only want to do this juju well, eh? Put off the light. I never do that my wife. Wonder why I have not done it. Everybody will stay in darkness, then put one candle, then lights in <laughs> the light of the world. <laughs> no, I, I think Christians have to be real fetish. In quotes. We have to do our own fetishism where you rise up in the morning, declare the glory of Jesus. Those scriptures that we use now, that's Colossians 1, I love it. That Revelation chapter 1 from verse 4, I love it. Declare it out loud. I'm even thinking about it, I have told Israel and quote. Thinking of recording it here, I'm putting it in the beginning of our radio messages. Why this on that 30 minutes? Let the world hear it. If you're a Christian, you have to get needle and syringe, and be injecting spiritual substance into your body regularly. Jab your wife, jab yourself, jab your children. Spiritual things. Ah, uh, carry your children's book. Speak to it. This book. Let me warn you. My children are reading you. <laughs> you will talk to them. You will be clear. <laughs> how can Chief Babala will know this craft more than us? Is he allowed? Everything that I'm telling is in scripture. Ah, when Jacob was having problem with Laban, he endured, and that's how God wants to endure. Some people say, I, no, I can't agree." What kind of thing is it? Because I'm walking, we taking nonsense from this way. What's wrong with Laban? Said, what is wrong with Laban? Is your destiny you're about to walk out on? They want to change his wages. He saw a guy here. Change him again. Oh, God, here. Change my total. Oh, guy here. Now I go pray. Say, God, they don't change my wages. How many times now? What are you going to do about it? Because they good. We are going to learn breathing. I want to introduce you into something that Mendel, one of my servants will come a few thousand years, his name is Gregor Mendel. I will give him a beginning to this. He will teach generations. But then, let's go far ahead of them. i are going to leap like 6,000 years ahead. Are you ready? Say yes. It's called it. Come come, come. J- J- Jacob bless uh, bent closer. Genetic engineering. What do you call it? Don't worry. You will learn it later. You won't be there, but you'll be in heaven when they're landing on the earth. So let's make it easy. Strip this. Um look, it's going to have an agreement with you that all the animals that are spotted, that are striped, are yours. The plane wants to be his own. Accept. Don't mind him. I know what he's going to do. When you are sleeping, his sons will carry all the spotted and the striped and leave you only with the plain ones. But don't worry about it. Lo and behold, Jacob came and all, all his head were plain. No striped, no spotted. So how would it be get striped and spotted? Recommended say it's not likely to happen. Later on. But God said, don't worry. There's what they call gene silence. There's what they call new mutation. There's what called shift. There's what they call DNA drifting. Don't worry about it. I'll teach you about it. So how do I start? Don't worry. We don't have the time for the lectures. Just strip. It. <laughs> Just get his stick. He got to Strip it. Which kind of pattern do you like? Put it on it. Put it in front of them as they meet. As they look at it, they will be transformed into the image of what they have seen. Jacob said, eh So let's do that. Laban woke up one day. Ah, He told his sons, so you guys are not okay. How did this guy have this number of talk? He said, daddy, we removed everything. I taught my guy genetic engineering. And Jacob continued to do that until the time came, all the animals born had a pattern. No plain ones were being born. But the agreement had been signed. The agreement had been signed. So, so many of us we don't allow God. Ah you know, this, word, this my prayer point is God. You know what Paul said? What am I looking for? That I mean, I'm not looking for money. I want to know him. And what no, let me hear you. Power. The power of his resurrection. I want to, that one is what I'm talking about. The power. There is a, you know what they call power of resurrection? A power that looks at what is dead and brings it to life. And when it comes to life, it's even difficult to recognize because of the intensity of the newness of life that is in it. I don't want to get to heaven. And God says, "Bank, you didn't have to suffer like that. That's the one I don't... I, I, I actually pray, God, please, don't do this to me. Don't let us walk through this earth. I will never experience... Ah, we'll be running the way everybody else is running. What we want is that you say, everywhere is dry. Everybody run to Egypt. say, Lord, I won't go to Egypt first. Let me go to my closet. And I get on my knees. My name is jo- uh, uh, Isaac. And I begin to pray. Father, everywhere is dry. This is going for 750 naira Liter, I run my business mostly on diesel. Customers have moved. Customers are not as abundant as they used to be. Those who are there don't have money to pay. That is the reality. Lord, what do I do? Everybody says, leave Enugu and move over to Abuja. Leave Enugu, move over to Lagos. Lord, if you say I should move, I will move. However, are you saying I should move? My spirit is not saying I should move. What am I supposed to do? God will now says, you know, he says funny things. Like, what's the size of your generator right now? He said, Lord, it's 30 kVA. He said, because of the cost of diesel, you will get a 100 kVA generator for a million naira." Don't worry. Buy it. It's fairly used. Sir, I'm sorry. I know you guys don't use diesel in heaven, but let me explain. <laughs> because, you know, you have to expand capacity. Isaac sold where? In the land, that same year. So is that what you are saying? And you start dreaming funny dreams. You just you go to your generator shed in a dream and you see it expand. Bam, bam, bam. You see it just read like thermometer. 30, 100. You will know that we you know what the Lord is saying. And I say, okay, as proof. You wait. Then you see somebody say, like, ah, my company, they want to remove their generator. So how many kV is it? Hundred. Eh, ah, they bought it just two years ago. It was working like ten hours a week, but it's still very, very good. I used to, when we bought it, I know how much we paid, though. Thirty-something million. How many of you guys I say, oh, okay, say you can sell it for five million. I say, tell your guy I'll pay one million for it. I say, you're not serious. Tell him. And he give you a call. He so doesn't just come and collect. We don't want to again. That it might be fulfilled. <laughs> that which was spoken. Thank you very much. They say, Lord, now we have bought it. Isaac sold what? In the land. So, Lord, how do I, I was complaining about powering a 30 kV generator. You're not saying I should power a 100 kV generator with the same diesel. Usually, the Lord says nothing further. If it gets you that far, he has a habit of not saying anything after that. He said, what am I supposed to do? Nothing. All he said is to buy generators. Is that so? Is that not so? you bought it now. One day, out of nowhere, somebody will come and say, we need this particular order. Can we give you a contract to do this? Then suddenly you realize that your production capacity needs to go up. And that say, we can get you these machines, but this your generator won't carry it. You look and say, I have a bigger one. You do, where is it? You remove the wrap. Say, <laughs> so this is perfect. In fact, we can double the amount of machines. What about the price of the diesel? Then you just hear that something has happened. Local refineries have been allowed to buy crude at this particular price. Now the diesel price now coming down to two hundred naira a liter. They would ask it. The next thing is, I want to buy this generator. They say, No, no, that one that you bought the- is now <laughs> used. One is now eighteen million. It's called Isaac sold in the land. He does such things. He does such things. He makes you make crazy decisions. And not- now let me say something to you. When God wants to make a- wants you to make a crazy decision, one of two things he does. The crazy decision will either be reasonable to you, or it will be backed by supernatural manifestation. You don't make crazy decisions if it's crazy to you. If there is no supernatural manifestation, I don't know what I heard I say. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. That's what a lot of Christians do. It's called presumption. Now, when when you are going to make a crazy decision, God pushes it to you in two ways, one of two ways, or both. If He chooses both, but it's always one of these two ways or both. One, either he gives you so much understanding that you start seeing what others are not seeing. Basically, it is not crazy to you. It's only crazy to the observers. Let me give you an example. Many of you are like me, I know. I don't worry about tomorrow. I don't lay up treasure for tomorrow. I don't need any special reason not to. I have enough understanding. I'm convinced it makes no sense to do otherwise. It's reasonable to me that I should not be afraid of tomorrow. It's very, very reasonable to me. No need to fear tomorrow. And there's so many, and I can give you 10 different ways to see why there's no need. One of the ones I've added to it is that what will happen is what? We die. Those who worry, you know what happened? They also died. Those who did not worry, they died. Everybody will die. So why, just, why don't you just relax and die? <laughs> why be tense and die? Now that is a that, that's a, like a fatalistic way to look at it. So I add that one to one of my explanations. I have other explanations, like those who worried before. What did they get out of it? I was like giving you facts and figures, on how it didn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Said, but he helped this person. I showed you this or that one. He was hurt by it. At the end of the day, no, I have enough understanding to know. Relax. If God doesn't take care of you, you are not. You can't be taken care of. So when I make some decisions that appear crazy. They're not really crazy to me. To me, they are very, very reasonable. Very rational. I hope you're getting my point. To me, they are rational. They are absolutely rational. But they are rational simply because God has helped me to walk by faith. And to me, faith is not, I just believe something. No. Faith is logical. Faith is the logic I use. My standards are drawn from scripture. That's what faith is. Faith is not how I get my desires, no. Faith is making a foundation for my life based on what he has spoken. That's what faith is. Not just ah, I No, no, no. It's more like if he says a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses, the abundance of what you possess will not impress me. And the abundance of what I possess, I don't expect it to impress anybody. And the abundance of what I do not possess, <laughs> do you get my point, will not scare me also. Why? It's a simple scripture. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. It's the word of God. However, there are times God will look at you and expect you to do something that is unreasonable to even you. For example, you are engaged to a woman. Then you come to her house one day, she's pregnant. Ah. And you are trying to remember when you did something like that. Say, so it's not meal. My hand nodded. She said, Please, my husband to be, I wanted to tell you something. Tell me what. An angel appeared to me. (laughs) And said, Fear not Mary. Hail Mary. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. You have found favor with God. The child that will be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You know, after we have heard the story of Mary. If anybody tells you that you still believe it, your head is not working. Why will I believe that nonsense? See, say, but it has happened before. How many times will they die for this world? <laughs> <laughs> so it has happened before. I will now believe it. This girl, I'm not exactly a fool. It is reasonable to say I'm going. Again, because I'm a good man like Joseph, I will not put your story on social media. You know those days, Is to stone you now. They stone you on Twitter. Stone you you on Instagram. (laughs) On Facebook. It's logical. Listen, even though I've heard Mary's story, if you come and tell me that story, I'll still look at you funny. So if you are the Joseph in 2022 and your Mary tells that kind of story, listen, Angel Gabriel has another visitation to make. So if you say, say, Mary, I am not quarrelling with you. 2,000 years ago there was a Mary like you. There's no trouble. I'm going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the angel the Lord said then to please come back again. I hope you are getting my point. Now, that's what the Lord does when he wants to behave in such a strange manner. Then he also will come up with a strange manifestation. He will show you dreams, he will show you visions, or out of the blues, somebody calls and says, the Lord just said I should tell you something. Something will happen. Otherwise, what God wants is for you to continually build up your faith so that what is strange to other people is reasonable to you. The body is born and to make. God will use that kind of unusual manifestation to give you abundance in the midst of famine. And you are going to see it in this your life. Amen. And I wanted to get ready to see things like that. Stop. Let's not the, the world shouldn't, you know. I'm convinced there's an attack on the power of God in this world today. They're not trying to undermine Christianity. One of my classmates sent something to the group the other day. I was very angry. This time I was really cross. And I knew they knew I was angry because nobody answered. I said, look, very soon, God will start answering some of you. And I knew what I was saying. That God will have to punish people who keep on talking this nonsense. That Listen listen to this. They say bandits are attacking railways. They say of Nigerians to join this thing. They are following men of God. To join something, one protest movement. They are following men of God. So I asked them a question. I said, if there was no satanic agenda in question, then why is it that it's the following men of God and going to church that is the issue? Because I happen to know they watch more football than they follow men of God. They drink more beer. Do you, why do you think my brewery is so big? You think because we use it for communion? How <laughs> many times have you gone for communion service? I will put Star lager in front. One thing we don't use for communion is beer. Whether you use ordinary grape juice or even ordinary Coke, except we use Coke. We use malt. We use... uh uh-uh. <laughs> We use... One thing I've never seen... Even doesn't want to use alcohol... They use real wine, thick red wine that the Bible says you don't look at when it is red. <laughs> they use it, but they never use beer. Yet, when this Amar Brew was built, was the second, if I remember well, was the second largest brewery in the world some years ago. That beer, where is he it going? He's not church. He goes to joints. He goes to people's homes. And like somebody said, Nigerians we drink for every reason. If woman born, we drink. If person die, we drink. If we make money, we drink. If we lose money, we drink away the sorrow. <laughs> that is every excuse we have. We use it to drink. Person dies, say, bro, just drink this one so you can calm yourself down. <laughs> Your wife born, bro, drink this one. Let's rejoice. That's why we keep building large breweries. You know, Nigerians can drink beer. And yet, nobody has said, instead of you joining the president, we are all drinking beer. Nobody has criticized us for going to watch matches when Nigeria is burning. Nobody has criticized us for, commi- for, for committing adultery while Nigeria is burning. Nobody has criticized us for criticizing the government when Nigeria is burning. The only criticism we get all the time is that you are going to church and Nigeria is burning. It's Satan. It's Satan. It is Satan. Here hear ye the word of the Lord. It's Satan. And like, who was Israel that was telling me to when we were traveling? He said, now, how you know people who have gone abroad are have backslidden? They now start forwarding it to you in Nigeria. And you used to be a Christian when you were here. I'm yeah. in mean, Europe right now. The roads are good and they're not praying. God punish your stupid mouth. You think we came to this earth because of good road? When you get to eternity, stop that nonsense. Your good road, are you going to lead them for more than the next 40 years? Rubbish and nonsense you hear it all the time. You know, it has reached a point that I am angry. One brother, the other day, one, one big man, I was reading his book. He was trying to explain how in development we are going to church in Nigeria. We going to, I just threw the book away. That was the last I read. That was the Once he said that and I closed the book, I dropped it. I said, no, no, you have crossed a line I don't want to hear now. You have crossed a line because I've gotten angry. I'm tired. I said all these are satanic machinations. To hinder the power of God from coming into our lives. Listen to me. Let the road be bad. I mean, was there not a time? I heard the story of Baba Lala? He was preaching somewhere. He had to be somewhere else. As soon as he was supposed to be at that place by five o'clock, he's still preaching. He preaching here by two. Think, they'll think he'll finish by like four. Then they'll drive for like 30 minutes, get there, he'll start by five. The five o'clock, he was still here preaching. Ah, they said, What is this man going to do? He finished preaching here at five o'clock. He left. Open the door of the hall where he was preaching. It was the door of the next hall. How, what are we talking about? What does it matter then? Whether the road is good or bad? And he left this hall Now opened the door. That seemed, it was as if it was, if you go and see that, just made he, he, <laughs> Those of you have seen the movie. He, as he opened the door, that door was the door of the next hall he was walking into. It was like a spirit that took Philip and took him to Azotus. Immediately after baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch. And God wants to release that. Oh, God wants to release that. God wants to release the power of the spirit in our lives. God wants to heal the sick in our midst. Yes, he wants to heal the sick. He wants to heal the sick. They'll tell that somebody is sick. is likely to die. Doctors have given up and say, please, I'm coming. You get there. Ah, oh, boy, they say you won't die. Say, you know, go die now. And that's your prayer. You didn't go there and say, "Ha, ah, spread the dust. <laughs> no. You say, oh boy, you say you won't die. You going go die today. In Jesus' name, you going go die. Yeah? Let's go home. And the guy finds strength, picks his shirt, wears it, stretches his back, he hear, hears the bones cracking like this. The doctor said, Where are you going? He said, My friend, let's say, let's go home. Then you get back home, you sit down, they say, Oh boy, eat. One hour later, you guys are telling stories. He said, Are you a pastor? He said, No. I just didn't think he should die. And I just told him as much. You know we are going to see that in this generation. We are going to see it. Nobody should look let don't tolerate this nonsense. People are always trying to undermine faith. No, we won't agree. We know some of us pastors will have done bad, but we still will not agree. The, the, the Nigeria is very religious. It is not the reason why we are not prospering. It's not in fact it's the reason why we are still surviving. If you it were enough for that prayer, say we pray too much. Say, no, we have not prayed enough for God. Requires a level of prayer 100 degrees. We are still on 85, what, 85? We are still on 35 degrees, you say I pray too much. We pray. If I want to tell you, I pray to myself. Come, let me go and pray about it. (laughs) We will continue to pray. We will continue to pray. We will continue to pray. What am I saying? We will see the power of God in this our generation. Listen, your children are going to school. You don't have any plans. Ah, your wife says that they are supposed to go to school next week. Three of them. Eh, university. They are supposed to come with. Say, eh. Okay, don't worry. They will have everything they need. I have checked it. Everything comes like 1.8 million. School fees, laptops, and all of that. So the money will come. As you finish saying, here come, come, you look. Balance. 1.9 million credit. Total thing, 2.1 million. Yeah? Where did they come from? Somebody will now call and say, okay, so we forgot that we're owing for the last three years. Even you have forgotten. You will see it, now. You will see it. I say, ah, they, no, no. God rewrote the past. Look, God will do mighty miracles for somebody. Amen. God will do mighty miracles for somebody. <laughs> you know today we were joking. You know one we went went on nature. Cha- you know one of our brothers was getting married. So four of us went, my wife, me, Israel and Torever. I well, of there were just joking. I said now wow. Something led to it. We just I won't tell the details now. Their wedding was delayed for a certain reason so nouncing that God will just all these years that Lucas are eaten that God will just give it back to them rapidly and I told them my story you know I got married uh, december um, twenty sorry nineteen nine okay my son Akindo was born january first of february two thousand and three okay okay and a few years afterwards now if you read my book you will read, see the story inside there um great faith can be yours okay you can get the um, the story about the first pregnancy, what happened, the baby died at, the eight, at eight months of pregnancy and all of that. You know, it was traumatic. So, a month, 11 months later, my big guy here was born. So, by that time, it was getting to the fourth year. Do you get my point? Three years completed, you know, a few months added to it. As I said, when God wanted to compensate, my wife had three children in three years. Yeah, she did. She was born in, like, did the, they fall down? like... She delivered in 2003, two thousand five, two thousand six, 600, and 700. Since my last three children, they were born one year, apart, one after the other. It was like, if you touch me, you don't get me. If you just go, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. So, the one of our brothers is late now. So, he saw my wife. Ah, he came. He said, Banky, this is your wife. Now, one year, one block. <laughs> if you live in Enugu, you get the gist. <laughs> that is, it was like, Next thing you know, another one. do come on. Next, you turn your head. And that one. do They were just dropping one after the other. All of them the same height at the point in time. Listen, God will bless you. I am telling you, you will see blessing. You will run. Next is I kind feel of like, God, please can you can this blessing wait till next week? Say so, no, you will get it today, sir. Lord, please now. You know, the amount of orders we have, you know, to meet it because I'm bringing it today. He you are the boss. Okay, Lord. He Lord, give us strength and grace to be able to deliver. He said, that's what I want to hear from you. Now expand your course. Lengthen your course. That's what he said. We can't continue living life as if we are going to explain everything that will happen to us, what is normal, what is average. If you have a high-paying job, you build a big house. You no. Know, it will happen to you that you look at your house, you are not even sure. He said, who begat me all these children? He said, I wonder, how did I get there? Tell you never expect a miracle. Tell you never expect a, expect a miracle. That's what we are saying. A miracle is going to happen to you. A miracle is going to happen to you. Listen to this. You will need money. You won't know where there's money. Then you go to your wardrobe, open the door, and you will see 500,000 naira there. And, there. and you say, How did it get here? You will solve your problems first. God will give you explanation later. You think angels don't bring money. They don't do it every day, but they do it. They will cook for you. They will cook. Please, anybody listen to me. I want to, in your heart, just be accepted. Because you or somebody close to you will experience this, I'm saying. Amen. One night, yeah, it will happen to you. You'll be thinking tomorrow, what would these children eat when they are going to school? Oh, because my money didn't come the time you planned it. And you are told your wife, you bring stuff you didn't bring. Now, things don't hook. You lie on the bed, you want to think about it. And one angel gives you a small kick. Take no thought for the morrow. Say, Lord, sorry. It's tomorrow food. Sorry, sorry. You want to think about the same? Sufficient until the day is evil thereof. Are they sleeping? Yes. The fan's on? Yes. The AC if is on? Yes. Eh? Why are you worried about? What you need to be concerned is are they sleeping well? Anyone get fever amongst them? Say, no fever. They're visiting this night? Yes. I say, go and sleep. And you wake up next morning. See, that is, it's when they are eating, you realize there was no food. The first together get up will have entered the kitchen, taken their uh, noodles, made it, buttered their bread, arranged everything in there. Everybody's eating, munching away. You know, this kind of thing, you don't want to spoil the miracle. You'll be looking at them. <laughs> You'll just be looking at them. You don't, know, you don't want to say anything. You don't want to say, where did you see that, uh, that bread? You don't want to say. Just be quiet. You know, everybody's eating away. All your wife can remember was that yesterday you said you will bring something. She will think you brought something. You know you didn't bring anything. You just know it, I didn't bring it, you just be looking at this. Everybody will eat, they will be hyper full. One of your guys will not doze off because he has eaten too much of that money. You have to wake him. Come, let's go to school. You drop the children in school, you are still coming back home. Like, what happened? And like, <laughs> if God wants to do a strong thing, you get back home. Even the remnant, you know, goes here. <laughs> you get home, say they left. Half a loaf here. The angel said, I was not told to serve you. I was told to serve you. I was told to serve you. I, to I carried my teeth. <laughs> no, sometimes God does something to let you know. Say, I'm the one. You think we are serving a dead God? No. Like I tell my children, I said, which Jesus are we serving? Say, so the Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago, they tell you no. Ah, uh, no. If you ask my children, the Jesus that are serving, is it Jesus of 2,000 years ago? No. The one that walks in the streets of Jerusalem, they will tell you no. Which one are you serving? said the one that's alive today. It's the one that's alive today. The one that lives with us. The one we pray to every day. The one that intercedes for the Father on our behalf every day. That's the one we are serving. That is the one we are serving. We are not serving the Jesus of storybook. We are serving the Jesus that is alive and well. And I'm saying to people listening to me today, you are going to begin to experience his power. Amen. This is the season of your experiencing of the power of God. It's the season of the manifestation of the Spirit and of the power of God. Amen. The sick will be healed. Amen. You will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. miracles of supernatural supply will happen to you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles. Let's start with this message. It's the book of Luke, chapter 16. That's it, we should open to it. Please, oh, don't fall for that nonsense that's popping around. You. People are going to church. The country is not developing. I will go to church. My life will develop. The country will follow after. Yeah. Telling you the truth. The country is not developing because many people are going to church. They are not really going to church. They are going to a building made of brick and mortar. Jesus is not there. They don't hear his word every day. That's the problem. That's the problem. Not, not, there's no problem with church going. The problem is, are you really going? Or you are just playing? You are fooling yourself. You have a, you know, your, your pastor is a son of Eli. Pastor is Reverend Hoffness. Reverend Hoffney. Your friend's pastor is Reverend Phineas. The Bible calls them sons of Belial who do not know the Lord. That's what the Bible calls them. It said they are sons of Belial. They did not know the Lord. That's the problem we have. Nobody can start counting people who follow Hofni and Phineas and say we are going to church. I'm not going to church, we are following Hoffni. If you really follow the God of Samuel. When Samuel came on the scene, do you know what used to happen? Samuel would tell them, the Philistines "Say if the listen are God, 'Father, don't bother.' The Lord will route them. Then lightning will start, thunder, here will fall from heaven, and scatter the Philistines because Samuel is leading the congregation in prayer. That's what happens when you dethrone Hophni and dethrone Phinehas. You dethrone Hophni and Phinehas out of ministry in your life. I've told you. Listen, let me, let's forget all this niceness. You go to church tomorrow. A pastor doesn't come and preach the word because he's only talking politics. Stop going. When he says, I don't see you again, it, Oga, oh let me not lie to you. You only preach politics. You have become a Biafran prophet. You don't give me the word of Jesus Christ. There's what is called, the ministry of reconciliation. I don't hear from you, sir. I'm sorry, that's why you don't see me. If he's a man that will be saved, he will take counsel. He will humble himself and go and repent. He says, sir, It takes me a lot to build up my faith. I can't come every Sunday, you'll be undermining it for me. You have to guard your faith jealously. You have to. And you will be playing with it anyhow. I've said it. Instead of you you are senior enough, a time comes, stop tolerating nonsense. If you are junior enough, also stop tolerating nonsense. Who will not tolerate it? I don't know. Those who are in the middle. Every Sunday, you dress up, (laughs) you wear your best suit, you do makeup, you go and sit down in church. And then somebody will spend the next one hour undermining your faith. And next Sunday you come back again. Then I say, Pastor, please, oh, I, I, don't mean, I mean no disrespect. Oh. One man left one church. <laughs> what he told the pastor? I, I, I laughed. Met him one day. said, so when he left, he told the pastor, sir, I realized that I feared you more than I feared God. That's why I left. Yeah. said, so at that, that man, when you're in his presence, Fear will come upon you. I said, I don't fear God like this. So, told the man, sir, he's not healthy. It was a man that asked questions. He wasn't trying to fight the man. He left. The man said, What is going on? He said, This is what the problem is. The same man Look, he's gotten to a point. A lot of us, if your faith is not being built, please go and look for where your faith is. If there are only four or five gathered there, sit down with them. They don't pray, they just read the Bible. It's good enough for you. The Bible read to you in the company of true believers. Is good. They just read the Bible and say, let's share the grace. It's better than somebody coming to lie to you. Arguing against divine counsel every day. And you keep on putting your head there. Which day will you see the miraculous power in your life? You won't see it. Go and read your Bible. Paul was preaching every day. Was it two or three years? In Ephesus. That was what led to handkerchiefs taken from his body. You can't just do this. Some of you just play, take, also pray one small prayer once a week and then this power we are talking about will show. Yes, you pray. <laughs> you pray properly middle of the week. Sunday somebody wipes everything away. Creates doubt in your heart. Has God really said. They are tossing you to and fro. You toss yourself to. Then they toss you through. Then you toss yourself to. They toss you through. You, you are still not moving in faith. Please hear the truth consistently for a year. Let's see what will happen in your life. Listen, God heals the sicko. There's nothing that's incurable with him. But we need to, you know, stir up our spirits to be able to tap that power from God. That's what I'm preaching. That's why we are dethroning every other God. But let's get back to our message. Luke chapter 16. For time's sake, because um, we am ready last time, I'll just remind us of what is there, and I'll pick it up from there. Please, I'll just have to, I'll continue preaching my message, I beg. The people of God must be blessed. Amen. My prayer for you and for me that the miraculous power of God you will experience in your life in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. God will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. Amen. And you will abound to every good work. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Angels will visit you. No, Elijah was delivered by the power of those angels. They looking for They didn't see him anywhere. They, they brought him food. Elijah had the same thing. Alas, my master, what are we going to do? <laughs> last, I kept on sleeping. By the time he op- God opens the eyes of his servants, the man saw that they had this, you know, company of angels round about. When you hear somebody's in the north, stop giving them advice. What are you still doing there? Get on your knees and pray for their protection. People are preaching where you can't go. You want to discourage them. You want God to punish you. You, you can't go. What do you do? Take some offerings, send to them. Then you get on your knees and pray for their protection. And God will actually answer your prayer. Oh, not stop discouraging people who are, who are trying to do the work of God in areas that you can't go. Be an encourager. Let's continue to the my of Joe. The Lord is good. Believe me, the Spirit of God will come upon you. Amen. The Lord will speak to, through your mouth. Amen. It will solve problems for many people. Amen. And there are many people who are listening to me. It's time for you to go and, you say, go and enter ministry. Ministry does not mean you must have expensive cameras like we have. Cameras can be costly, but God can give you. That's not what ministry is. That's not what ministry is. Ministry is not that I, I have a hall. People gather to listen to me every Tuesday and every Saturday. I'm on radio. I'm on TV. That's not what ministry is. Ministry is you can gather people in your office and talk to them and share the word of God with them. That's ministry. Ah, do they still do things like that? You go to people, when we are school, we used to do it. Hospital visitation day. And you you greet a patient. Good afternoon, sir. Um, brother, this. This is sister, this. This is brother, this. We pray for people and we share the word of God. Will you be willing for us to do that with you? We just need like five minutes. If he says no, should we come back another time? He says no. Don't argue with him. Pray for him under your breath. Father God, have mercy on him in Jesus' name. Go to the next person. Hello, good afternoon, Susan, so and can we pray with you? We we'll share the word of God with you. We need about five minutes of your time. Person, no problem. Sit down, read the scriptures out, share the word of God, and then pray for the in person, and go out and go away. Continue to do that, you will see miracles. Miracles don't come because you go and say, "Hey, No, you don't have to shout. When Jesus raised Lazarus, he hardly lifted his voice. And he said it. See, all this one you are hearing me talk is because they are here. Lazarus, comfort. Why does he hardly lifted his voice? He wasn't trying to shout Lazarus out of the grave. A dead man doesn't hear an atomic explosion. His voice went into the realm of the spirit. I hope you are getting my point. So it's not the shouting, ah, Lazarus! No. Those who shouted the loudest in the Bible got nothing. Those are the prophets of Baal. Remember them? Elijah said, shout loud. Maybe he's <laughs> sleeping. Maybe he's sleeping. He needs to be aroused. The Lord is good. Look at 16. There was a man who had a manager. And this manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your time in management because you are going to be fired. I'm summarizing that. Then the manager said, what shall I do? Since my master is about to take this job away from me, I can't go around digging. I'm not strong enough for that. And I'm too ashamed to beg. So what am I going to do? Verse four. I am going to get, listen to me, verse four. I will try and gather favor for myself. Verse five. He now began to do it. And he summoned each of his master's debtors and he began saying to the first, how much do you owe my master? That one said a hundred measures of oil. He said, take your bill. Quickly write down fifty went to another one and continued to cut down their records of bills. Then in verse 8, this is where the confession is again, which I will try and explain once again. I've done that many times, but it will continue to explain this until so people understand it fully. And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And he said in verse 9, Please, for time's sake, I'll just go to the explanation. And Jesus said, do you think I'm saying to you that you should do as this man did? That is, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of mammon of unrighteousness so that when he fails, they will receive you into the eternal dwellings. It's a question. He said, no, in verse 10. This is what I am saying to you. He who is faithful in the very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in the very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, or mammon, who will entrust the true riches to you? That is, money you see is not true riches. And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? He said, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot save God and money or mammon or wealth. Quickly, let me just refer to Luke chapter 19 so that I can speak without much interruption for the rest of the time while I deliver the message we began last week. He said in verse um, 12, again, I'll rush this, it's something we know very well, a portion. A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then returned. As was leaving, he called ten of his slaves, gave them ten minas, said to each one of them, do business with this until I come back. Ten, each one person got one mina. Now, if you go down to verse um, 15, when he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. The first appears, saying, Master, your mina has made ten more. He said to him, Well done, good slave. Because you have been faithful in a very little thing, you are to be in authority over ten cities. Second one, he said the same to him. He said, You are to be over five cities because he said your mina has made five minas more. Let me stop reading it here because I needed to just remind us of this story so I can explain what we began to explain last time. Life is a gift of God. Don't be deceived. Let's talk about wealthy people in this world, according to what the world calls wealth. I'm not saying God said they are wealthy, just to use them as an example. Don't be deceived to think Mark Zuckerberg knows how to make billions. He does not. In fact, a set of twins, his peers in school, they sued him years ago and said that Facebook was their idea, that he stole it. And he settled them, I don't think, with anything less than $100 million. I know one particular payment was $50 million. Now, Facebook was not this big then. But then he was willing to part with a lot of money to end the case. Now, are they telling the truth? I don't know. But to let you know that somebody challenged him and said this idea was our idea. Please, I'm not saying they told the truth. They probably were mistaken. But to let you know that they couldn't make it work. Somebody has made it work. And the person that made it work, we're not sure it was originally his idea. We don't know. I said to you earlier, as a reminder of a fact that we all know, that out of 100 businesses in the United States of America, 99 collapsed 99 collapse within 10 years. 9 out of 10 within five years. It's not like they don't know how to do it. Solomon said to us, Time and chance happens to all men. Now, this man we read about in Luke chapter 16. Let's go over it again. What was the Lord commending about him? It was his dedication to their own affairs. He said, the people, let me paraphrase, that don't know the Lord, there is a way they solve their problems, and when they find that way, they usually are dedicated to it. So they tend to be more dedicated because it's within their control, than the sons of light, who have another way of getting results. Now, how do the sons of light get results? Let me just explain the principle of life again. Life is a gift. The other day in our house, we we're studying the book of Acts, and I realized sometimes we read that scripture, <laughs> it just stuck with me. He said, "Tarry in Jerusalem." You know, let me let me just read the way he said it. He said, "Until you receive the gift." That the father promised. is that gift thing. That's what, that's what I want to bring out. The fact that he told them. That it is a gift. That you are going to get. He said gathering them together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. But to wait for. What the father had promised. If you use another translation. Like the new living translation. It said. Until the father sends you the gift. He promised. Until the father sends you the gift he promised. We read that you can find that also in the NIV. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. When we read that, it struck me that my wife, the kids, and me were gathered together. And I said, What? You know, you know, light just shines. It just hit me again that what God wants in our lives is wait till I give you a gift. A gift is not something you labor for. It's your birthday, I come visiting you. You can't demand what I bring. I hope you're getting my point. Anything I bring, you collect. It's called a gift. If you worked for me, and you can say, okay, you are owing me 2,500 naira. But if it's your birthday, and I put 200 naira in the envelope, you, thank you. It's a gift. I can decide to put 10,000. And I can decide to put a million. Is a gift. And God said, wait for what? The gift is a gift. It don't mean life is a gift. The breath that we take is a gift. Our heart beating is a gift. Anything we receive in life is a gift. Everything is a gift. It's not our labor, And we must never forget that it's a gift. It's a gift. I was telling then about the story of my wife, you know, and the children and all of that. One day she and I were reading the one Deeper Life magazine, women's on women's mirror. mirror. And there was a particular page, and that thing struck both of us. There was a woman there, and her hands were out, and the hand of God from heaven stretched forth towards her, and there was a little baby in that in the hollow of the hand, and God was giving it to that woman. And two us look and say, wow, that's how this thing comes. It's a gift. It's a gift. You know, there was a time. <laughs> I think Hannah thought it was by effort. I think Hannah thought it was by, I'm very fertile. I think Hannah felt that I've been a good girl. Hannah just felt all kinds of things. And you know, when I married, I was a virgin. I, Hannah felt everything. Because let your good works give it to you now. now so I want the animal frustrate. So go ahead. Biko. Just give me one. Just one. To let you, I will give it back to you, please now. Because eh, that's so. are give her one. She gave her one. Three years later, give back to give to, took him to the temple. Then one thing you will know for sure is that God gave her at least two more boys, and at least two more more girls. Minimum of four more children because the Bible said God, he had sons and daughters. I've never seen one boy that is sons. (laughs) It's a gift. At the point in time, 20 years after marrying, 20 complete years, Isaac looked at his wife and she wasn't happy. What is the problem? I married you 20 years ago. And Isaac went to one corner and said, Lord, please, can you give us something? It was a gift. The Bible says Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, Rebecca's sake. It's a gift. I hope you're getting my point here. It was just a gift. God gives gifts. What we have to learn in life is to receive gifts from him. Yes, we have to learn in life to receive gifts from him. And you know what he was saying in that Luke chapter 16, which I have read again and again? Nobody succeeds. Nobody becomes great in this life. Like I said last time, people think it's a matter of mockery. When they say government is helping Dangote. that is how life is. You need help. There is nobody that doesn't need help. Don't pretend. You must have help. When you see somebody who has been helped, stop talking nonsense. As if it's not that good, just be helped. Ah, why won't he be helped? Have you ever seen anybody in life that was not helped? No. If you were not helped, you would die young. Listen, the strength you need to carry on in life is too much. One day, one of our brothers was working in Abuja. So I was doing some work. There's a particular old man that, the man would say, see me. The guy won't go. So one day, the man said, why I tell you to see me? And you don't see me. Why? And the, the young man was trying to explain, now, I'm not saying what the, the brother did is wrong, but I'm trying to explain a particular thing that the old man said. The man is a retired military man. So this is how our brother was working for him, doing some things. So he was so he explaining to say, and the work he was doing for that old man, is kind of free. They were both involved in something. So like, sir, I need, I need to go to work, you know, there's this job I'm doing, and I need to labor, I need to get money and all of that. He said the man said something to him. The man said, Okay, all these things you are running after. I hope you know that it's one phone call, and I can I don't know whether you <laughs> are getting my point. The, the man just said, he didn't start serving the man because of that. But the man just looked at him like, what is this noise you are making? The man was trying to say to him, I tell you, come and see me. You are running up and down to earn 10000 If I make a phone call, you can make a billion. He told me at that time, he said, that man him and maybe a few people said they were the ones that appointed the then chief of army staff. They would just sit down, talk with the then head of state. They said, this man cannot be chief. That is, they just, they, you know, they were, these are people in the inner caucus, they, they decide what happens, and you know, you and I don't know their name. You told me the name of the man, never heard it before. It's that statement he said the man made to him that struck me. He said, the man, you're looking at him like, what's all of this? You think this is how people become rich in life? But our brother did what he did. He was right. I agreed with him. I told him, "Look, what you are doing is the right thing." He was doing his work. He wasn't trying to serve man because sometimes people misunderstand these things we are saying. He now start seeking the favor of a man. No, we don't seek the favor of any man. We seek only the favor of God. But what I'm trying to bring out is that without that favor, you are not going anywhere in life. Without that favor, you are not going anywhere in life. And it's a sign that you have you have dethroned Mammon, and you have focused your life. On serving the God of favor is how you are faithful when nobody is watching. You have to serve the God of favor. That's what I'm talking about. That God of favor must be saved. That God of favor, he, we will serve him. And how do you serve him? That's what Jesus was telling us. He said, simple. You sow your seeds. Like I say all the time, people twist scripture. When I mention seeds, like, they come and give money. so you can. No, 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 no. Jesus said, how will I give you your own? He said, I will give you opportunities to be faithful in something that belongs to somebody else. He said, without that, I'm not giving you your own. How are you going to get big things in life? He said, I will give you small things to be faithful concerning. That's how you're going to get big things. So truly, if you believe that God is the one that will take care of you, is reflected in your faithfulness in small things. I hope you're getting my point. One young man once somewhere. You no, know, he wasn't working, he just sit down every day. And he made a statement. They said, Oh, well, go and work. And I said, No, but this guy won't work. the is not what makes a man big. And I said, This guy is very correct. But he's also very wrong. He was very correct in that this not is not this work that I'm laboring that that will make me great in life. He was absolutely right. But he was wrong in the fact that he was unfaithful in little. He didn't realize, therefore, he will never become great in life. Yes, it's not this work that we are doing that will make us great in life. But this is where we qualify ourselves for that greatness. Why do we, did we look, read Luke chapter 19? Because he said, Occupy, do business with this until I come. One minute. When he came, he said, Now be in charge of ten cities. I told us a story last time. Let me remind us of it again. It's a very well-known book, The Richest Man in Babylon, who was teaching, it was asked by the king of Babylon, Akkad, to teach the men how to make money, how to do business. And this man was very wealthy. It is the reason It was the reason why they asked him to come and do it, except that if he didn't read the book well with discerning eyes, you wouldn't realize that his own money was not made from the very things he was teaching people. His own money was dashed to him he walked with a man before whom he proved to be a good student, a good disciple, and the man said, wait, I'm old. One day I'm going to pass on. What do I do with all the wealth I've accumulated? And he said to him, my sons have refused to learn the way you have learned. Let's make a long story short. Because he had learned, the man took wealth, possibly of several generations, and handed over to a young man who he was not biologically related with. But because the young man was his son indeed, so he handed him the wealth. So Akkad was there teaching these people how to make money in life, how to be rich. And when I read the book, I said, Akkad, you forgot to tell them that's not how you became rich. You only showed them where you proved to be faithful. You showed them how you were a good student concerning the things that mattered in life. Like I said earlier, Okay? You need to have knowledge. Not at the beginning. You need to have insight. I, I, how many people have ever read Ebony, Ebony magazine? Ebony magazine. You've seen it before. Yeah, John Johnson's. Now, you know how Ebony started? Now, at the point in time, the man was valued then, not mm-hmm. now, then. His wealth was valued as about $500 million. If it's to these dollars, it would have been valued at over a billion. I don't know how much it was worth when he died. Okay, but it was w- valued at over $500 million. And at that time, he was the sole owner of the Johnson Publications. All right? And they had a number of uh, uh, magazines. Ebony was the most known. They had other ones, Jet, different ones. No, no, big in publication. Now, how did he become... How did they, that business start? He was working for a particular man who was president of a company in the United States. And the man gave him an assignment. The assignment was to do research for him. It was, the research was on black people. Just go and research how black people succeeded. Just to encourage other black people. You know, there was something what the young, the old man was the older man was trying to do. So he gave this young boy the assignment of that work. Do you know what? He did it very well. But I don't think that guy did anything with it. But he dropped an idea in his head. Say, why don't I start a magazine to encourage black people? Let's summarize it like this. And God gave him the the company that ended up being his own. It was while he was the idea came to him while he was working for somebody else. He was faithful in that which belonged to somebody else. Because they were don't worry, the man won't run with it. Now I want you to go around with this idea. He now started a publication centered around boosting the image of black America. So every time you see a black person do well, he will write stories about the man and publish it, let the black people read and know that we can do well in this nation. And God showed him favor. God showed him favor. Listen, it's not possible in life to go forward without favor. It's not possible. Life is a gift. Life is a gift. If you are going to succeed, you are reading. If you are going to succeed, It will be because God gave you the the, the gift called success. Yes, you can, listen, you can prepare yourself for that. What do I mean by that? If you're a student, you have things to do. There are things that God gave you. Do it. Like I say all the time, the job of a student is go to class. Read. Do your assignment. But it does not guarantee you'll succeed. One of our sisters had an interesting listing. Brilliant, very brilliant. Had brilliant, brilliant with the capital B? I'm sure maybe she was beginning to have too much confidence in her brilliance. So she young girl, young girl, teenager. The day of JAM, you know what they call JAM? Our UTME, that's what they call it now. Uni- what is it? Universal University, unified tertiary matriculation exam. Exam to show that you are ready to enter into university, right? Brilliant girl. She went that day, the angel of God gave her a computer that did not work. Oh, you, know this, you know this is, is CBT, it's computer-based examination. Everybody else, people that were not half as brilliant as she was, they passed, entered university, she sat as home, hearing the word of God. That by the time she was done, she had learned the lesson of heaven. That listen, the race is not the swift, the battle is not the strong. Bread is not to the mighty, nor favor to men of understanding. But looking under the sun, what what does it appear like? Time and chance happens to them all. This is my message, which I began to preach last time. Let me finish it today. I began it last time. And what is the message? Labor to get the favor of God. That's all. That's the message. Because, listen, when you are old, it is the favor of God that will take care of you. It manifests in different ways. I said last time, God created a system. And He told young people, So favor into the lives of your parents. He said, If you honor your father and your mother, I will make sure it is well with you. That's what I said the other time. You just started any money. You don't need a car. That's what you run into. You, you were riding, jumping from one keke to one um, bus. For four years, have you noticed you didn't die? You fell only once and you were healed within one week. In that process, some people had their own cars, they had an accident and they died. You did not die. So, if you decide to use your money to honor people you are supposed to honor, first of all, your father and your mother, you still will not die. But you will have walked. Listen to, me, please don't get me wrong. I am not saying, all right? that you tie this in person and go to God, I have done what you said I should do. No, don't get me wrong. But you must put yourself in a place where you will say, I have done what you asked me to do. Lord, what else am I supposed to do? I said to us before, what is the key to the release of supernatural power, of God's power? The continual doing of good works. So when we say these things, what we are saying is that learn to do them continually. What was the Lord Jesus saying about that man? He said, this man has acted shrewdly. So what should you do? He that is faithful in little is the one that will be faithful in much. So I'm going to give you opportunities to be faithful in little. Anytime I give that to you, make sure you are faithful. And make faithfulness your watchword all the days of your life. It's a sign that you are worshipping the God of evil. I hope you are getting my point. That is, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing for the Lord. I'm not doing for any master. I'm not doing for any human being. I am doing as unto the Lord. Listen, it is a sign that you are worshipping the God of evil. you're not worshipping mammon. Let me say these things so that Christians, you know, a lot of things I say is because, you know, a lot of people don't know some things are bad. Young people change jobs anyhow for any little increase in pay. It's a worship of mammon. You got a job here today. You work for three weeks, one month, six months, you hear that, that company is paying more. Quickly, you go going apply there again. Why? You want more pay. Let's not fight to fight. You are worshipping my mom. See, that's what you are worshipping. That's what you are worshipping. Until you are finished. De- <laughs> People don't get it. You, your primary assignment in life is to demonstrate faithfulness. Listen, there's something that Asa, the, the, um, the man of God told Asa, as I did something, we read it last time, 2 Chronicles chapter 16. He now said to himself, from now on, you do what you have was. What happened was that the king of Israel, Basha, he came against Judah. And instead of him to rely on God, he will see what did he do? He took stuff from the house of God and sent to who? Ben Hadad, the king of Aram. And he told that one, this is what you will do. You break up your uh, your treaty with um, Basha, Basha, the king of Israel, will withdraw from me. And the point is that it worked. That's what I'm going to say. It worked. That's where I'm going. It worked. It worked. The pressure that was on him was removed. And then the prophet came to him and said, that, listen, this thing you have done is not right. You should have relied on God. And as sense, he said, from now on, what will happen? You will have worse. Listen to what I'm going to say. Many of the decisions we are making today that produce for us rapidly have capped us permanently. There are people that God said, You are working here today, just be faithful. Then Satan said, Wait, I'm going to open the company next door, I'll double your salary. Break your agreement, come over here. You don't need faithfulness. Just walk by the one that means that people just they come to work one day, next day you don't see them again, they just disappear. Hey. You know, like I say. Once in a while, people will do some things, and I want to ask them, I say, Come. Is that like you woke up this morning and you said, God, please, what can I do today so that you will destroy my destiny? Yeah, sometimes I see it. I'm like, Wait. You some people will behave in a particular way. One day, my wife was telling me about the one man, a, a, a man that was working. They were supposed to do something. They didn't do it properly. And she was telling him that, He said, No, you go and call the man that uh, gave them money. He was, was talking. They are explaining to you. That people live here. You have blocked their entrance say because government gave you a contract, contract. They can't drive into their house and out. And it's been like that for weeks and weeks. And they're trying to talk to you and you are, saying, you are talking nonsense like that. I say if I was the one, I would have asked him. I said, wait, I want to just ask you a question. Let's not be angry with ourselves. If you were God and you are walking past, would you consider yourself due for blessing? I will ask him like that. I said, the way you are behaving, you're like, God will please destroy the works of my hand. When I'm in distress, please don't help me. Let nobody show me faith. Honestly, that's how I want to talk to some people. See, the way you are behaving, do you think, God, because God goes around every day looking for reasons why he will bless people. He does it. He said to Abraham, because of this thing you have done. I said, look, okay. He told, I, uh, am uh, um, um, Asa, Asa, you've done this and it works. He said, but what is the consequence? From now on, you will do what? You will have worse. What am I going to say? There are those who did like that. They ran away from here. You got a slightly higher paying job. And God said, for the next 40 years, now you are 30. For the next 40 years, this is how you'll be looking for jobs. And you keep on getting them. Except that it will never happen that one day you will sit down and say, I'm not working again. That your 70th birthday, you, ru- you rush out to go and work. And I'll make sure they keep paying you well. That you put your foot on the path where I will never give you your own. He like said, the people you call stupid then, 15 years later, they were employing people like you. And there are times for a whole week, they say they want to sit at home and pray. And they won't go anywhere. And they will earn more than you are earning. And you don't even realize that that which you did years ago is what is obstructing your motion today. Listen, how can a young man keep his way pure? It's by keeping it according to the word of God. Then listen, no matter how stupid—that was what I preached to them in um, where we went in the nature today, because I was supposed to preach. We had a wedding, good enough. So <laughs> the Holy Spirit put on my heart to read from the story of the Canal of Galilee in John chapter two. So we went there and read, but they thought I wanted to preach to the, I wasn't preaching to the couple, I was preaching to the congregation, I told them as much. I said, whatever he says to you, do it. That was all Mary said to them. He said, whatever he says to you, do what? Do it. I said, in this life, don't let life teach you. Let Jesus teach you. Listen, Bill Gates said something, and I found it very interesting. He said, success is a lousy teacher. Why? He said, it has a habit of seducing people. Smart people, into thinking they are, how did they say it again? Into thinking they, they can't fail. As if they have control of what is going on in life. That when they have made some decisions a few times and that's has worked out well, they think they can make the decision the next time and it will work out also correctly. In summary, because life in itself is a lousy teacher. Sometimes life will teach you from your own experience when it is too late to benefit from it. No, some experiments in life are 40 years long. It starts when you are 30. It's completely when you are 70. How will you benefit? Except that the next generation will not listen to you too. Just like you did not listen to the generation before. you. <laughs> so what are you supposed to do? Take the word of God and just walk by it. Let me summarize what I'm trying to say. because I don't want to get back to this later. I don't want to come back to it. Favor is what will take care of you. In life, listen. God will speak favor in your direction. That is the only way you'll be preserved. It's the only way you will go far in life. There's nothing you are struggling for that God has not wrapped favor around. And what he does is that he surrounds the righteous with what? Favor as with a shield. It is that favor that we need to be safe later in life. It is that favor that we need to be secure in our old age. It's that favor that we need to advance in anything we do in this life. It's not human struggle. That's not the main message, even though that's true. The main message is this. How do you sow your seed for favor so that God will find you worthy to pour favor in your direction? Because see something here. Jesus said something clearly. He said, blessed are the merciful for what? Just by the way, let me quickly explain this. When you want to sow seeds, choose the kind of seed you want to sow and where you are sowing it into. One of them says that. People sometimes think that when I give money, I will reap money. God never said that. I hope you're getting my point. He never said it. If you give money and you want money back, the only way it works is to go to the bank and give money. Then the ATM will give you what? Money back. You can give them 2 million naira. Nigerian banks are wonderful these days. At the end of the month, they'll give you 2,500 naira. Interest. Interest not interest now. Is it more than that? I'm not sure. (laughs) The money is small. When they give interest, you one that is another you just see interest 50 cover, You look like the alert, the price that you collect from me to inform the SMS cost is going to be more than this interest you are telling me. Sometimes you want to see, don't just do just keep the interest. Now the only place you will get money back for money is in the bank. It's in business. That's the only place. You know why? Each seed has its own soil. Let me ask you a question. Can you come to church? sow corn and expect corn. You can't. You know why? The offering basket does not contain manure. It does not contain humus. It does not contain moisture. And it's inside a room where there's no sunlight. You can't put corn inside there and expect corn back. It doesn't work like that. Every seed has its soil. When you want to sow into the realm of the spirit, your seed must be spiritual. Now, spiritual seeds can have Outward quoting. I hope you're getting my point. For example, it can look like money. For example, you may have love for the word of God, and you want. Let's not say the word now. You have love for the gospel advancing in an environment, and you hear that ah, my friends are going to do evangelism. I am not going. They are going. So what am I going to do? I'm going to support their going. So I take. 10,000 and I said, guys, please use it to buy fuel for the generator and for the vehicle that's going to take you there and back. Did I sow money? No. The seed there is not money. The real seed is that love for the advancement of the gospel, but which was encapsulated in the cash that I gave. I hope you're getting my point. That is what God will now return to me. That is why he does not have to return it as cash. He can literally return it as understanding. He can literally return it as man. This guy loves the word of God so much. All he had was twelve thousand. He gave ten thousand for the propagation. Now I will give him visions of heaven in such a manner that he will never doubt anything God is saying. I hope you are getting my point. Now the visions that built faith in him can make it easy for you to believe God for anything. But it's not because he gave what cash. It is because he gave a spiritual substance. I like to explain this all the time because a lot of times Christians are sowing selfishness and they expect God to multiply it. Anytime you take money and say lord this money is for my what am I believing God for? My motor car. Anytime you say that, you didn't give. You did not give. Because when God looked at it, he didn't see love. He didn't see anything. He did not see faithfulness, which is where we were going. What he saw was my need. I need to get my needs met. So listen to people of God, he does not reward it. If I am going to have God credit favor to my account, this is how I do it. I will be faithful in whatever God puts in my hands today. Not listen to what I want to say carefully. Not as a seed for tomorrow, but because I understand that faithfulness is pleasing to the Lord. Do you get my point? The seed that counts must be that which I did because it pleases the Lord. Not because I feel like this will benefit me personally. And listen to this. Jesus said, talking to that man, he said, You know the issue with the sons of this world? They know the one that is their own, and they are aggressively pursuing it. What about the sons of the kingdom? This is my message for you today. That which is your own, please aggressively pursue it. And it's just two things, and I end with it. I've said it already. I just want to summarize it. One, faithfulness in what? Little. Aggressively pursue it because it matters to the Lord. Number two, that which belongs to somebody else. Right now, you are working for federal government. Next, when is our first working day of the week? We don't even know again. That is Monday. Of, it's Monday in Jesus' name. Amen. It's Monday. So, Monday, when you get to work, tell the Lord Jesus, I've come to work. What am I supposed to do today? Don't leave until you know He's satisfied. Not has the boss gone? No. Is Jesus satisfied? That's federal government. I'm working for state government, I'm working for a private company. I told you one day, one of our brothers stumbled into another brother in Dubai. Please, can I just beg you? Don't do something that God will look and say, "How can I bless you?" The only thing I can do is to destroy your works. This younger man had arranged himself. He's traveling abroad. He was planning to re- resign. You know this kind of thing that okay, after my leave, I will resign. I will give them one month's notice. Maybe the company allows one month's notice. Then he heard the company said that they are taking people abroad for training, and they nominated, they picked him as one of the people that will go for training. And he went. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You know the cost of taking somebody abroad? Housing the person? And paying for the training? And you know you are resigning from the company in the next three months? That is not unfaithfulness. That is wickedness. To call it unfaithfulness is to lightly, you know, is to lighten the weight of that evil. You know you are resigning. You know some of these stories. You know why I tell them. We have found out that many young people don't even know they are bad. You can't be relocate, planning to relocate abroad. And they are offering scholarship to people and you go and collect. That's wickedness. You no, know, it's very easy to, see, to be abusing senators in Nigeria. It's very easy to be insulting uh, the head of state and the House of Representatives but I've been around long enough to know that the major problem in this country is the average person you see on the street. They are evil. Like my son said, even if there was no hellfire, after I patrols in Nigeria for 50 years, he had to go and create one. He said, I'm coming. Guys, I need to create a prison. The kind of wickedness I've seen amongst you people, I'm coming. I need to go and create some place to smoke people. Young people, you cannot borrow money from your friend that you don't intend to pay. These things, you know, like I told you, I didn't know we had to preach them. But when you see, you, they don't, some people don't know it's bad. They think they are being smart. These are things we do. I said, Satan is always looking for what to use to accuse people. And God is always looking for reasons to bless people. Every day, get up and make up your mind. Now, we are talking about planning for the future. That's why I'm talking about all of these things. Jesus said, this is how you put your energy. Wake up in the morning. The way the people of the world are aggressively saving undermining their boss who's about to fire them. How much is your bill? A hundred measures of wheat. Write 50 so that you would show me favor later. Oh, let me invest into, into your campaign so you give me position as special uh, assistant later. He said, that is what, <laughs> you remember our guy, Israel? You Abby? Yes. No, well, yes, Bishop, you remember our guy? I don't want to mention what he does. That one day when our current governor was going to be elected the first time, the guy went and hired a vehicle, put a speaker on top of it, put at that Otigwa Junction. And they were playing the music there. Guru, Guru children love you. Guru Guru, adult love you. Guru Guru, women love you. Guru, Guru men love you. Guru, Guru I love you. Guru Guru. They were... Yes, he put it at that, you know, Otigwa Junction. Many of you may have seen it that time. The thing was there day and night playing. So one day I went to his place of business. I said, Oh boy, I think I saw his name there. I said, You are the one that put that thing there. He said yes. At I that time mean, I had one funny haircut. I said, What is this? <laughs> he said, Pastor. The way this politics thing is done, you have to be noticed. That's why you did your hair like something's wrong with you. You're like And unfortunately for him. You know, I'm a prophet. And don't be an annoying prophets. I told him, face your business. This is what you are doing, you will get nothing out of it. So one day, we heard that he has been appointed as a special advisor, you no know, special assistant. So one of our brothers said, No, Pastor said you won't get anything. How did you get this one? So now when they said, but I heard you are not a nice special assistant. The guy said, They should leave that in. That that's the way they just give every aggro. Everybody will come there. That he didn't come. That brother said, no, Pastor said you won't get anything out of it. He said, no, that is how you get known. He just stood there uh, day and night playing songs for the incoming governor. And God said, no, I won't let you get it. And he didn't get anything out of it. He didn't get anything. He didn't get it. That one they gave him, which is they, they gave to like maybe 1,000 people. <laughs> he, he had he told him, said, this is not what I'm looking for. And of course, he left it. What i want going to explain. You see, he was trying to buy human favor directly. He worked harder. That's where I'm going. They say, for us children of God, we should work harder concerning the things that we know please the Lord. Anything you know pleases God. You know, it's called loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. Go out of your way to make sure the Lord is pleased. They give you a little thing to do. As simple as maybe you go to church on Sunday, you are in charge of cleaning. Make sure there is no speck of dust that the Lord will see when it comes to inspect church, when it's coming for service. Oh, sorry, I withdraw church. That's the church. I withdraw church because you know what? We always do well in church. Church, when it comes to church matter, we like to do well. Where we don't do well is, is the office. When they say you are the cleaner in the office, you've never cleaned under that table. Because you know, behind, you know, when you put a table against the wall, there's one crack behind it. You have never cleaned it. Nobody they go there. Let me tell you sincerely, God goes there. You'll be amazed. That's why He's checking whether your house will be completed by the architect later, or it will never be complete, or the architect will leave your roof unfinished. He said, you know, go go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bow down our heads. I think I've spoken enough for today. Let's bow down our heads and just give the Lord thanks for today. Say, Lord, thank you. And then, please, can you do something? Can you do something? Can you do something? ask him for something. You know, I want God to bless you. Ask him for something that he will do for you. Something that you need to solve right away. Ask him for it. Say, the Lord, do this for me. Yes, ask the Lord for something. Do. You have just a minute to do that. He gives gifts. He gives gifts. There's something you think maybe you are not ready for. Ask him for it. What he does is to give gifts. What he does is to give gifts. What he does is to give gifts. Ask him. Say, Lord, give me a child. I want one. I want one. I want one. He gives gifts. Ask him for something. Ask him. Say, Lord, give. No, ask. Ask him for something that only him can do. Ask the Lord for something. Something that only him can do.